And did you see him going with that flag motion there? If you remember what happened back in college, it was Mayfield who planted the flag up at Ohio State. Boza getting revenge. It was the great Justin Timberlake that once said, what goes around comes around. Baker found that out this week. Gosh. San Francisco was all over him in that game, guys. Unbelievable. Welcome in. Uh, this is the South Lot Football Guys podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Evan Newberger here, sitting with Robbie Larson and Adam Sidek. Uh Guys, back at you again for our uh, Week 6 preview episode. Want to obviously recap uh, Week 5, but uh, how's everybody doing tonight? Robbie's dying Robbie's over there. in tears. I'm not sure why. <laughs> Justin Timberlake's <laughs> I, I, I got him. I just don't get that reference. <laughs> I was not expecting that. I'm still feeling a little loopy from the jet lag, and you know. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, um, first off, um, we want to get you some news and notes item. Probably the biggest uh, news item of the week. We got Jay Gruden uh, being fired. Adam, why don't you take the lead on this one? I might take the lead on this one. You gotta take the lead on this one. Right. You're the newsman. Uh, Jay Gruden got fired. Um. You know, I, I, they haven't decided where they're going to go for their next head coaching hire. My, I don't know who's the the, the interim is. Uh, was the o, the OC there, interim court head coach? And um, you know, I think I think here he sort of got a raw deal. Um, you know, probably didn't want Dwayne Haskins drafted, and you know had to sort of play the card he was dealt. And you know, decent coach, but yeah, it's probably a good move that both parties split up here. Yeah, I would say. Um kind of had a run of bad luck. Um, they were able to build a pretty solid defense, uh, foundational team. You could tell the, um, the way they were building that team was uh, they wanted to play kind of a heavy run style game um, and then kind of try to win it with their defense. The Alex Smith injury really set them back. Uh, that was brutal. You know, Jay Gruden was looking great uh, this time last year uh, with Alex Smith at the helm and, uh, they were looking like a, a playoff team, uh, looking like a first-place team in the NFC East. So uh, things kind of spiraled from there, though, and uh, unable to recover. Uh, like you said, um, doesn't appear that he wanted Dwayne Haskins, so it looks like there were just some uh, foundational differences there between uh, the front office and the coaching staff. So this is bound to happen. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I honestly I think he'll get another shot in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, he won with... You know, RG three one with Kirk Cousins was winning with Alex Smith until he got hurt. So yeah, he'll he'll land. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Robbie, anything to add? Nope. Nothing really to add here. Okay. All right, guys. Well, why don't we get into our Week Five recap? Um, this is gonna give me some PTSD. Not a great week for me, but uh, I'll start it off. Um, my Week Five lock not great. I had the Bucks and Saints over, just missed or I had the Bucks and Saints under 47, excuse me. Just missed uh that was a tough one. Um you know, Michael Thomas just did uh he did too damn much out there. Uh, but that was a loser for me, so uh dull I miss on that one and uh we'll we'll come back strong though. So I missed. All right. Uh Robbie, what you have last week? Oh man. Uh I was not looking good either. Had Packers Cowboys under 46 and a half and I mean it w- was looking good at halftime 17 to nothing uh Devontae Adams out 
You know, Green Bay couldn't really throw the ball, but guess what? They didn't really need to because Jamal Williams being out gave LaFleur the chance to just use basically their cheat code in Aaron Jones, and he was just, that third quarter, he just went off, and that Dakota was hitting bombs, and that was, that just killed it right there. The and new trash man, Dakota Prescott, he got trash man. garbage time. Yeah, and, you know, that that didn't even come close. Yeah. It was looking good for a while there, though. First half, yeah, but then was. after that, down. Adam. Uh, yeah, I had Chiefs minus 11. Uh, you know, going going in, I'm like, okay, if T.Y. Hilton, Darius Leonard, they're going to be out. Well, they both played. Not, I'm not. That wouldn't have mattered toward the outcome. They just got manhandled up front, completely controlled the game. Yeah, great one by the Colts. But, yeah, oh, I miss. No. Yeah, well, uh, sorry, guys. We gave you the Mike Evans treatment this week, the the old uh, goose egg, over for 3. Uh, but, uh, you know what? We're, we're going to come back, and uh, we're going to try it again this week. So, uh, But, guys, uh, before we get into that, why don't we uh, talk about uh, some of our surprises from Week 5. Um, I know for me, as a Bears fan, I was able to really take in that uh, Bears-Raiders game. Robbie, you were there firsthand, so I'm sure you've got a take on this, but... The Raiders really surprised me uh, the way they played. They dominated up front, uh, especially with their offensive line. They just moved uh, the Bears around at will. They were able to run the ball on them all day. Uh, Defensive uh, line got pressure. Um, Bears offensive line has not looked great yet this season, so that wasn't as much of a surprise to me. But um, they were the more physical team out there that day, and, uh, you know, it really surprised me. I I have to give... uh, John Gruden and his staff and players a lot of credit, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, heading all the way to London, um, you know, really uh, kind of being the less talented team due to go out there and put an effort like that, that was impressive. So, uh, you know, got to give them some credit there where credit's due. Yeah. All right. Uh, on the downside for me, though, we, you know, there's a couple teams I just got to get the hell off of. One is the Bengals. Another one is the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, you know, I thought Atlanta would be able to kind of keep the uh, the game close. I keep thinking with all this offensive talent they have on their, their team, I'm like, well, you know, they got to be able to stay in games. And then they just give up 53 points, and, you know, they wind up not even coming close to covering. So Falcons are just, you know, they're a disaster. Deion Jones looks like he's taking a huge step back. Um just not great, not great at all. So, um, we're uh, we're we're gonna recover though, guys. So, uh, Adam, what'd you have? Sorry, Evan, we're making fun of you right now because we're looking at the picks coming up and <laughs> preview. You got the Bengals and the yeah, Falcons. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for color coding. <laughs> I can't quit it. I don't know. I don't know what to oh, say. My God. <laughs> <laughs> Intervention <laughs> alert. What, what, what was your question? <laughs> What's your surprises? Oh man, okay. Uh, well, I, I sort of touched on it uh, with you know my my boss did let let by block last week. Uh, the Colts in, extremely impressive win on Sunday Night Football. Um, you know, defensively they're flying around out there. Um, you know, made made Mahomes really like need to pinpoint the balls in order to get ones in and. Um, Really good against the run. Um, sort of kept everything underneath. They didn't get beat uh, deep, and that's a credit to their secondary. And, you know, offensively, 
you just saw what the best offense of the league or offensive line in the league looks like. They they just had their way um, all day. It didn't really matter who the running back was, uh, Wilkins, Hyde, um, Mac. They were all just pounding it, and um, it was it was an impressive win on the road uh, against what was supposedly the best team in the AFC, and you know might still be other than Patriots. But yeah, no, it's a good good win by the Colts. Uh, on the downside, I'm going with the. L.A. Chargers um, really didn't show up at home. Um, you know, Broncos really kept him in check. Uh, I know uh, Philip Rivers was sort of out there running for his life a little bit. Uh, pass rush got to him and, you know, ended up getting a couple picks. And you saw saw Melvin Gordon return, and, you know, maybe it's going to take a couple weeks to get him acclimated back in. But, uh, yeah, it didn't look pretty for the first uh, first return for Mr. Mr. Gordon. All right, Robbie, what would you have? For me, I, I was pleasantly surprised by the Carolina Panthers. Um, they going up against a tough Jacksonville defense. Um, they didn't have as much success uh, passing the ball with the, but um, that's not what their game plan was. They, they, their game plan revolved around their offensive line getting push um, against the front, and it worked well. C- Christian McCaffrey had a big game. Uh, Reggie uh, Bonifong. Um, he, he also busted out a big run. So that run game was uh, very good to help the Panthers win. And, um, you know, that line's got, got a lot of good push. Now for uh, my downside, this might be a little different than what we've normally done. But a bad surprise was the NFC West kickers in general. Uh, we kind of saw it just start off uh, Thursday night. You had right before the Don't half. remind me. Right before the half, you had Jason Myers miss a field goal for the Seahawks, um, one that was like a 38-yarder or something, and it was should have should have been chip shot. And then, which hurt our Rams money line later that game, Greg's after making somehow getting the ball back and the Rams driving down um, to get in within field goal range again. Um, Greg's airline, which should be money for him. He just pushed it slightly wide and man. And then you got Zane Gonzalez. He, well, four for five, I guess was the best, but his longest was something like a 38 yarder. And then Monday night, Robbie gold missing. What was it? Three of them, which was very off for him. That, yeah. that was just bizarre. That whole NFC West was struggling. Yeah, that uh, that's Erline kick. Um, that one hurt. Oh, that, that one, one hurt. Oh, I I decided to like even double down on that. Like I put another fifty burger on the like Rams money line going oh. into that. Yeah, it was <laughs> that was a tough one. That was a weird moment for me because I was like I was in my chair, I was all relaxed, I was watching that kick. Like looked like it was going in, then went wide, and I like got up and I like stormed off and I like. But then, like, my roommate was there, and he was like, he's like, you all right? I was like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Like, everything's fine. But I was, like, storming and pouting around. So, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not fun. Kind of in a state of denial. We're going through the stages of grief there. But, uh, yeah, Zerline, uh, need you to bounce back. So, all right, um, guys, why don't we get into a little Fugazi or for real? Yeah, Fugazi, Fugazi, it's a wazi, it's a woozy, it's a... F- all right, Adam, why don't you start us off? Uh, we're going to go with Josh Jacobs here. Um, really had a phenomenal game against the Bears. Um, 
you know, offensive line heading away against the Bears front, which was really surprising. Um, although I think somebody's here to tell me that, that I shouldn't have been too shocked. But, uh, yeah, I looked phenomenal out there. It was really shifty in the hole, um, always falling forward. Uh, he showed power inside and outside the tackles. Um, really impressive performance by Josh Jacobs, and I, I do not think it's a Fergazi. I'm very, very for real for Josh Jacobs. Reason why he was a first-round pick, showing it. Yeah, yeah, looked uh looked very impressive against the Bears. Um you know, they were they were just dominating them uh between the tackles. It was like they could uh they could get 5 6 yards at will that day. So, yeah, the Raiders Raiders are looking strong. Uh Robbie, what do you have? Mine is uh Will Fuller who I'm sure was either on your waiver wire or on somebody's bench this week. Um but he had 16 targets for 4 14 receptions, 217 yards, and three reception touchdowns. And he even had two uh, catches where he went down at the one-yard line. And if he scored touchdowns on that, he would have had the all-time wide receiver fantasy points in a game, topping Jerry Rice. Just absolutely crazy. Um, I mean, it set up perfectly since that Falcons secondary is awful, except for maybe Trufant, who... Of course, he's going to cover DeAndre Hopkins, so lights out Will Fuller game. So I'm going to call this a little slight Fugazi right here, mostly because I think this is the game that's getting the Texans back on track. But I don't think you should be expecting anything near that kind of production for Will Fuller. Yeah. Uh, I'll put mine in here, guys. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. to start. Um, Just really struggling out there the browns as a team just are not putting it together um you know last week he only had six targets uh two catches for 27 yards um you know there are some systemic issues here with this uh, cleveland browns offense that reminded me a lot actually of um the minnesota vikings at the end of the last year where it just you know it seems that their offense is predicated on um you know these uh you know, deeper uh, routes that are, you know, take a long time to develop and uh, that offensive line just can't hold up. Baker is just not getting off um, his first read and he's not checking it down. He's just taking sacks and it's looking, it's looking pretty bad. And um, I gotta say, I'm starting to believe that this might be for real. This might be an issue all season long. If they can't correct uh, some of the protection issues and start working in some of this kind of quick strike, uh, passing offense um, as it stands right now I, I think that there's very real reason for concern with Odell Beckham uh, Adam let's go back to you uh, <laughs> for mine uh, we're going to go with the reptilian solar being himself <laughs> Sammy Watkins and uh, you know to preface this I'm going to ask uh, Robbie here to tell the story of what he told me pre-podcast last week and uh, why I will never uh, start Sammy Watkins again without checking the weather. So Sammy Watkins, of course, you know, um, reptilian solar being, so that means uh, he gets most of his energy from the sun, right? So, I mean, how does that work for him? So week one in Jacksonville, very sunny day. You know, his batteries are fully charged, so he just blows off for an absolute big game week one. Week two, you know, they got a little limited UV rays coming through that smog in Oakland, so he didn't have a good game. And then week three, weather a little messy prior to 
the game, so, I mean, you can't really charge it up at all when that happens, right? Um, and then week four, he was in a dome. I mean, how, how can you get sun rays when, when you're inside a dome? And then, of course, last week, it's a night game. You're, you're not getting UVs from that, that moon, so, you know, he's not going to do anything. So you know, he, he told me this. <laughs> I, I, so I was like, okay, there might real. be something to it. Hey, and then, it's a, and then as it, real as Sammy Watkins being a reptilian soldier. Throws up being. a gooser. Well, good news <laughs> is it's supposed to be sunny. Uh, Very on sunny Sunday. On Sunday. So start your Sammy Watkins. Yeah, if cold he goes blood, off, cold blooded man. <laughs> oh yeah, he will. I guarantee. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> start every Sammy Watkins. <laughs> All right, Ravi, what do you have? Uh, mine is Melvin Gordon. Um, he had, uh, 12 rushes, 31 yards, not too great of a stat line Four receptions for seven yards. But, um, you, you look at the snap count, uh, they, they said they're going to try to work him in and it's kind of looked like that. He had 46% of snaps. You saw Austin Eckler rocking a 66%, which was a little down from the week before for him. Um, but yeah, I, I'm saying this is Fugazi. I'm, I'm seeing Melvin Gordon just being taking over, going back to his normal role back there, and um, Austin Eckler being the flex guy. I mean, th- this was also a game against Denver in which they went down early, and they were just feeding Eckler that whole game because that was the only kind of completions they could make. And so I, I don't expect it going this way um, in the future. Okay. Um, my guy, I'm going with... DJ Chark um, had another big game last week. Uh, 11 targets, 8 catches, 165 yards, 2 Ooh. touchdowns. Uh, you know, he's his like depth of target right now. He's like hovering around like 15 yards. It's it's uh, he's he's definitely the most prolific option and and now that uh, Gardner Minshew is is lighting it up for this uh, Jaguars offense. I mean, he's the go-to guy and uh, I I I've always been a believer of the talent here um, coming out of LSU. Um, you know, was a real strong player. Uh, definitely had, uh, you know, has the size uh, at 6'4", 200, to, you know, to be a player at this level. Um, so it's nice to see him put it all together. I think this is for real. I think um, this is going to be a guy that you're going to be hearing from in the NFL for a long time to come. Left shark. Yeah, left shark, man. Left shark. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get a little buy or sell going now, guys. Um, so, uh, Robbie, I'll turn to you. Why don't you start it off? Okay, are you guys buying or selling uh, Gardner Minshew as being a legit fantasy option rest of the season? I'll turn that to Adam because you know my answer. I'm holding. Give me one more week. Not, not, I'm not making not, a take yet. Not I, making a take, okay. I, like what I'm, I guess what my concern is that I think they might go back to Nick Foles once he's healthy. That's got nothing to do with I mean, what you man. see on the field, though, right? Will they go back to him? I, I mean, you you see uh, I wouldn't. a guy who's kind of, you know, he's he's been I mean, if the you, face of the Jaguars so far this season, and, you know, it's been great PR. I mean, if you look at the, the offense they're running, it's sort of like I, 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 what I thought it would be with – Nick Foles at the helm is they're just throwing jump balls to the big wideouts and they're coming down with them and uh, you know I think Nick Foles is probably a little bit better than Minshew at that. Um, That's probably you know, fair. And, and you know we'll find out more as you know Minshew's looked really good in his first five games, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. 
I am. I'm, I'm, I'm holding. I'm buying on this. Um, and one of the key considerations that I take into this is in today's NFL, you win by having a cost-controlled quarterback uh, on a rookie deal. And if Gardner Minshew is out here looking great as a rookie, um, you know you you've got to lean into that and. You know they're they're paying Nick Foles a lot more money. It, it provides an opportunity to get some trade value for him because uh, he can still play. But if if they're both going to put up similar numbers, you know it just makes way more sense to go with Minshew and you can work the salary cap like there. It just it seems to make more sense for the future of the franchise to really lean into this Minshew hype. I'm sure they're making a killing off the PR from it right now. I mean. This guy is a marketing gold mine uh, with his style and his flash. So uh, I'm buying in everything I'm seeing on the field too, and and I've seen it for a while, even in college. And, you know, this guy can make every throw on the field. Um, he's pretty elusive in the pocket too. That's something that I didn't uh, realize, but I've kind of caught on to a little bit from watching his NFL tape. Is you know he's got good pocket awareness and he's able to kind of have good feel in there for the pass rush. So I'm buying in. I think Minshew's for real, but you guys already knew that. Yeah. I do expect him to struggle this week though. This is gonna be uh this is gonna be a very interesting test. I'm I'm very interested to see what he can show against that New Orleans Saints team. Me too. Yeah, I mean I I think he'll he'll have a good week against this Saints defense. I mean uh, their secondary's been the one that's been a little suspect. I think he could still have a good game and I mean this defense hasn't been quite up to snuff as what you'd expect from um, this type of defense that they especially were a couple of years ago. And, I mean, that's great as a fantasy guy. You know, if you, you got big receivers who's who can make plays for you, if you're willing to throw the ball, you know, and get those yards, you know. I mean, we saw years ago when Blake Bortles was just getting a shit ton of garbage time t- touchdowns and – yardage and you know it's great you know might keep rolling him out at at the moment dude is he's he's hot right now yeah yeah i'm with you all right adam uh buy or sell what do you got for us uh buy or sell the cowboys two game losing streak um i'm gonna sell i think that they have enough talent on the defensive line at the linebacker position to be able to control most run games. I know it didn't work last week against Aaron Jones, but I I think that's more of a fluke than anything. Um, Their secondary play has been a little uh, concerning for me to start the year. Um, You know, they got, uh, they kind of lack the playmakers uh, in the secondary, but, you know, I've really been impressed from what I've seen uh, with the Kellen Moore offense. Dak has looked much better. You know, the fact of the matter is they played two great teams the last two weeks, and um, you know, that's a tough loss in the Superdome. You can't you can't hate on that, right? Um, most teams are going to lose to the Saints in the Superdome, and you got a very good pack team coming to town. Um, it was disappointing to see, you know, that they pretty much whomped on them really early, but. Um, I, I'm not ready to give up on this team yet. I, I, there are people saying that the those first three games were just completely due to their schedule. I, I, I disregard that. I, I still think the Cowboys are a good team, and I still expect them to win the NFC East. Me too. 
Hell yeah, of a... yeah, I mean, I'm going to sell too. Kind of same reasons. I mean, they, they got a good squad. That that defense, I don't to start the season. They seem like they've been struggling a little bit, um, which I, I didn't really expect coming in. But that offense has been looking good with Dak. Um, yeah, they had that game in the Super Bowl where he was kind of shut down. But he, he kind of he was dropping dimes against the Packers, albeit it was kind of late in the game. But, um, yeah, I mean, I haven't really seen the Cowboys defense creating a whole lot of turnovers, and you, you got to imagine they're, they'd start getting some eventually. I mean, they got guys that are going to be able to do it, so I'm I'm selling on this two-game lose streak. Yeah, I, I think you hit it there. I think Rob Marinelli is going to turn this defense around. They're going to start making a few more plays uh, defensively. Uh, they, they've really been ran over the last couple weeks. Um yeah, the uh, the unnecessary roughness call on Jason Garrett was a fun one this week. <laughs> he slammed the uh, the challenge flag. Seemed to play a little bit better after that, but um, <laughs> it was ridiculous. But right. you know, yeah, I'm, I'm selling. I think you know they really haven't got the run game going this year too much yet. I think that's going to get sort of corrected. And a couple, couple, yeah, a couple more plays on defense. Yeah, this team writes the ship. All right, guys. Um, for my buy or sell, I ask you: Do you buy or sell this Raiders resurgence? A uh, couple big wins over the last couple weeks with uh, taking down the Colts on the road and then the Bears in London. So, uh, start with Robbie. What do you think? Yeah, it. Well, at least to this game against the Bears, I'm because of that. I'm I'm selling, and I'll tell you why. It's jet lag. Jet lag is the factor in this. You saw last year. Um, John Gruden, uh, they had the Seahawks. They went to London before the Raiders. And, I mean, granted, the Seahawks were still a better team, but they still slapped the Raiders around 27-3 um, to that game. And what, so what happens? John Gruden, he says, hey, we're, we're going to London as soon as possible. We're gonna, our guys were a little tired during that game. So what do they do? They This year they went right after that Colts game. They immediately hit a flight to London. So they were there since Monday. They had enough time to accumulate to the jet lag. Now, a couple of things. The rule of thumb with jet lag is you, every day you recover maybe about one or two time zones. So let's say us, central time zone, recover two a day. It'd take us like three days to get fully adjusted from all that jet lag. So, hey, if they're there for Monday, even coming from West Coast, even though they're in Indy, um, that's still, I mean, plenty of time for them to adjust where the Bears, they f- arrived in on Friday and, you know, they looked a little sluggish that, that, that team, you just saw that Raiders offensive line just doing work uh, all over the Bears and, um, you even saw it at the end of the game, a miscommunication at Chase, which led to him throwing it to a group of three Raiders, you know. I, I really think the jet lag just hit the Bears real bad. And personally, I'm taking the factor of when p- teams are flying out to London like very seriously for these next three London games. I'm buying it. I'm buying it. Um, you know, and you can look two weeks ago when they manhandled the Colts and they just had a hell of a game last week. I think this team is – they extremely good offensive line defensive line not too good i know uh colin farrell was out he's gonna be a good player hopefully they can get him back but um i, I john gruden's got something dialed up on the offense i, I like the 
you know, sort of simplize, um, you know, pass off the run offense that he's got going, taking a couple deep shots. And with an offensive line, you know, Derek Carr is getting protected and he's got time and he's more than adequate. You saw it when he almost had that MVP year, I think 2000, 2016, 17, but he can, he can, he can get the job done. So I'm, I'm buying it. I think, uh, you know, the last two weeks they've had, they've probably been one of the more impressive teams I've seen. Yeah, my concern here, I'm I'm actually selling, and the reason for it is, um, I I still I don't expect the Raiders to make the playoffs, um, and I just I don't think they're going to be able to get over the hump in that own division. Definitely on the Chiefs, and I I think the Chargers are just structurally a better team, and I think you know I know the Chargers are kind of. On uh, the under end here of the spectrum, uh, they're struggling a bit, but you know I think talent will prevail there, and um, I I just I don't see enough uh, playmakers in the passing game of that Raiders offense. Um, you know, if if a team wants to stack eight in the box against uh, the Raiders in force, uh, Car to beat them, I just think. You know, there's not enough weapons there that really scare me. I know Waller's playing great, and I know they got a burner on the outside with Tyrell Williams. Um, but if you take away the run, I just think this team becomes a lot easier to beat. That defense isn't exactly anything that's uh, you know truly impressive. You know, we saw the Bears come back on them pretty easily in the second half. Once you know, it seems they got their legs under them a little bit. So um, you know. I give I give the Raiders a lot of credit. They they certainly surprised me this last week, but I'm gonna sell on them for right now. I need to see a little bit more before I start you know building some playoff hype here. I think I think they believe it. They traded a fifth round pick for Zay Jones, so they're they're obviously thinking playoffs this year. Yep. Yep. See how if Zay Jones could actually make a catch catch because <laughs> he's been dropping a lot. All right, guys, let's get into our uh, Can't See Me Player of the Week. Right before your very eyes, you won't even visualize. Oh, my. How does 19 carries for 107 yards and four touchdowns sound? Sounds pretty good for um, who I was playing against. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's pretty good, and... You know, we won't even talk about the uh, eight targets, seven catches for another 75 yards that he got, too. Uh, Aaron Jones put up an absolute monster of a game against the uh, Dallas Cowboys last week. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but um, pretty surprising for me. I didn't see it coming. You know, uh, that interior linebacker crew that the Cowboys have of Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Resch, um, you know, one of the top duos in the league there, you would have thought that they'd be able to kind of contain that uh, uh, that running game of the Packers and, and kind of put the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands, at least from, from that standpoint. But uh, that was not the case. Aaron Jones made him look silly all game. Uh, you know, he was all over the field, very impressive. Uh, you know, just uh, didn't see it coming, guys. Didn't yeah, see it coming. I mean, you, you saw a lot, like, when – Rodgers did try to throw. He couldn't find anybody open, so eventually when the pat pressure got to him, he dumped it off to Aaron Jones, and he had enough space. He'd make a guy miss and just keep going with it. He was looking really good. Yeah, I mean, best Aaron on a team, right? That <laughs> uh, <laughs> He was extremely impressive. Uh, you know, best game I've ever seen him play. Um, you know, if he's, if he's this good, watch out for the Packers. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's got it. that uh, kind of wiggle. I don't know Kamara light like type balance uh, that he's just you know he, he doesn't go down easily you know and doesn't appear to have like tremendous size or anything. But uh, I know they're worried about it, him wearing down over the year. Yeah, that's, that's sort of how why they give Jamal Williams as many carries as they're giving him. Right, right. It's nice to see him showcased. Uh, you know, while they can. Um, that even still, um, you know, they were they've got their backup. You know, relatively Carson. involved in that game yeah. too, uh, but uh, Trey Carson, you know, he had a he had a number of carries too. So um, it's not like Aaron Jones saw a hundred percent of the field and a hundred percent of the running game action there. Yeah, so. Late nineteen carries, he did all that. Yeah, yeah, looked real good out there. But uh, all right, guys, uh, before we get to week six, uh, let's hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Caribou Lou. All it takes is three simple ingredients. Some 151 rum, pineapple juice, and Malibu caribou, which will make you all numb. This is guaranteed to make baby girl come out of her shell, party till the cops come. Whether you're a fan of karate punching or naughty luncheons, this will get the party jumping. Classic that originated in Kansas City, Missouri since 1995. I think it's safe to say that all three of us are fans of this drink here. Caribou Lou. Because I drink it, but they ain't paying me for it. <laughs> Not yet. Thank you, Caribou Lou, oh, and, and thank you, Tech Nine, uh, more importantly. Um, original creator. Oh, yes, yes. KCMO. KCMO. All right, uh, <laughs> guys, let's get into our week six picks here. Thursday night football. Wish I could say I was more excited about this game. Uh, we got the New York Giants heading into New England to take on the Patriots. Patriots are 16 and a half point uh, favorites at home. Uh, I'm actually going to lean them, the Giants here. I just, I think that's a lot of points to give up. And I think, you know, Daniel Jones will be able to kind of give you a backdoor cover here and, uh, you know, put up enough points to, to keep this game, uh, you know, relatively, relatively close. They'll still lose by double digits, but 16 and a half is too much for my liking. Man, you got you, the Giants are they they ruled Saquon and Evan Ingram out, so you know I was leaning towards the Patriots, but I'm just going full on Patriots now. I I think that's that's huge for the offense. I don't know if they're going to get a whole lot moving on this Patriots defense, who's been phenomenal so far this year. And this yeah, this Giants defense doesn't really scare me at all. Patriots are going to be able to do their thing, and I I think they could easily cover 17 points. You've seen every team in the league throw all over the Giants. Um, I think this is a get-right game for this offense in general. I think the Patriots roll here. You know, with Evan Ingram being out, he was the one playmaker that might have made a difference for for Danny Dimes. But um, no, I'm I'm loving the Patriots here minus sixteen and a half. I I think it's gonna be a blowout. Short week, better coach team. Not all day Patriots. All right, guys, game two, we've got the Carolina Panthers heading into Tampa Bay to take on the Bucks. Uh, Bucks are actually two-point dogs here at home. Uh, Adam, uh, what do you think? Uh, I'm, I think I'm going to go Bucks money line again. I know it burned me last week, but uh, no, Jameis is looking good. I know Mike Evans, the Andrea Buccelli, we can't see you player of the week, uh, putting up that zero, but um. Yeah, you saw the offense get going sort of towards the end of the game. They were featuring Godwin, and uh, 
you know, the Saints were able to get to a lot of teams, um, their pass rush. And, you know, Jameis, for the most part, especially in that second half, was staying upright. So that's a good sign. I, I know the Panthers have a pretty good pass rush, but I think the Bucks can win up front here. And um, home team getting two points. I I like the Bucks. Okay, can I convince you here? So last last time, obviously, we saw Thursday night football as a kind of slap fest in the rain. Buccaneers, uh, they just completely shut McCaffrey down, right? They they you had a hobbled Cam, which was not doing anything. But I think you got a diff a little different this time. You've got Kyle Allen, who's shown he could play. He could take advantage of this weak Buccaneers secondary. And big thing for me is, um, which I kind of just found out maybe an hour and a half or so ago. Um, I was looking at, as I was saying earlier, what time when teams are going to arrive into London. Um, I was able to find pretty much confirmation the Bucks were going to arrive there on Friday morning. But I had a kind of sneaking suspicion that maybe the Panthers weren't saying when they were going to fly out there because they'd sneak in a day before and try to get a little extra edge without them knowing. And um, just like an hour and a half ago, you saw tweet from the Panthers Twitter about them boarding the plane. So they're going to be there tomorrow morning. And that extra day to get over that jet lag, I think is going to be absolutely huge um, for the Panthers offensive line to move for them to win the battle in the trenches defensively. And not to mention the Buccaneers, they're going to be missing their whole, pretty much their whole right side of their offensive line, which was already very questionable. Um, I think you could very easily see a Panthers just, running over this Buccaneers team in London. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm actually siding with Adam here. I just think the the Bucks have enough uh, firepower on the offensive side of the ball to kind of overcome uh, some of the deficiencies that have been pointed out here. Uh, you know, I know you, you make a good point um, regarding the arrival times to London, but I just think, you know, it's one thing if you're going out there on Monday and you have four days over the competition uh, to get yourself acclimated. But in this instance, one day, I don't know if it'll make as big of a difference. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. If the Buccaneers uh, come out sluggish and, you know, they're not getting good push off the line of scrimmage, then, you know, I'm going to turn to you and I'll be the first to say that, uh, damn, you were right. But, uh, you know, for me, I just think, uh, you know, Bucks playmakers on the outside, uh, Evans, I expect him to, you know, as Adam said, kind of return to form here, and, and Goblin's been tearing it up. So I think the Panthers will have their hands full there. We already saw the Bucks put out a game plan for how to stop Christian McCaffrey. Um, you know, if, if they can do that, then I think they should have a relatively easy time of it in this game if they can stop the run. So um, I'm, I'm going Bucks money line. All right, guys, uh, game three. This Wait, is a hold fun on. one. Not, now that I'm thinking about it, too, isn't um, – um, Dominican Sue doesn't he have a knee injury right now? I'm pretty sure he does. He's dealing with a knee. He sat out practice. And I'm going to tell you, as a guy with knee issues, that eight-hour flight, it did not feel good coming off the plane. Ooh, I'm just just going to throw that one out. Okay, all right. So duly noted. Duly noted. Okay, guys. Uh, game three here on our docket. This is a fun one. All right, we got the Washington Redskins <laughs> with an interim head coach uh, heading down to Miami to take on the Dolphins, uh, the uh, embodiment of a dumpster fire of an organization right now. Dolphins are three-and-a-half-point dogs at home. Uh, Robbie, start us off. 
Now that I, I don't know where to start off on this. This is I'm just surprised that somehow both these teams aren't 17 point dogs, and somehow both teams would probably find a way to somehow not cover the spread in that case. But um, yeah, these are just two awful teams in the NFL. Probably I'd say the two worst teams in the NFL at the moment. You got the Redskins. They just fired Jay Gruden, so maybe they're gonna get a little spunk and firepower off that or maybe they're going to just be absolutely awful there's uh rumors that chase chase keenum <laughs> case keenum is gonna be coming back uh the chase and, daniel scaries <laughs> chase daniel scary <laughs> uh yeah when they said case keenum they said they're just taking barring chase daniel for the weekend um they <laughs> want to give him a second chance um but yeah they they might get Colt McCoy might not need to play this game. Um, it's just going to be, however you look at it, There's, it's going to be scrap. It's going to, I don't see these either of these offenses doing a whole lot. I'd probably give the edge more to the Redskins if um, Case Keenum's playing just because he showed at the beginning of the year that he could do it. But not going to be a fun game. I don't, I'm not really too sure what to expect. Personally, I'm leaning the Redskins right now. I don't know what you guys are thinking. <laughs> this is a coin flip. These are just two terrible teams. I, the one thing I do feel about this game, I'm, I'm definitely not going to have any money on it. I'd probably I'd take the Dolphins money line if I had a bet. But I I like the under in this game. You know, I think either one, one of these two teams is going to jump out to a lead and they're going to try to sit on it because they they don't know what to do with the lead. And uh, I I think you might see this be a low, low scoring game, really close. You know, whoever. Sort of makes the last play at the game. Was going to win this one. Um, I think these are the two worst teams in the league. So I, you know, I'll take the home team plus three and a half. Yeah, I'm going to take the Dolphins. I think um, one of the key factors here that we kind of talked about was some of that early season uh, heat uh, that can be uh, pretty effective down in Miami. Um, and the, the other thing is, you know, we've seen the Dolphins look okay um you know especially in the first half of some of these games i mean they played the cowboys real tight probably should have had a lead in the first half of that game um if it wasn't for some silly mistakes i'm starting to see you know some better play out of josh rosen um i something something just tells me that you know i'm not quite ready to go money line on the dolphins but you know three and a half points at home when that's a tough place to play coming off a bye too Coming off a bye, that's a True. very good point. You know, just just seems like uh, a little too good to be true there. I, I, I'm i buying the Dolphins there. I, I think they should be able to cover this at home. That's fair. Uh, for the Dolphins, a guy I am um, keeping my eye out on is uh, Albert Wilson. I believe he was supposed to come back before the bye, but then they just decided to hold him out. Um, so I'm assuming he's going to be played this Sunday, and he's a guy who was – big playmaker last year that you know he maybe he does it again with josh rosen he's gonna get a lot of targets he, yeah. he might get a lot of targets he, this, he probably will it amazes me Devonte parker has not been <laughs> just you know more of an impact player how have they not gotten rid of him I, after how mediocre he's it, been it's for either years. Get rid of him or you like yeah, you know force feed him the ball <laughs> do something <laughs> i love that hype uh, the season they uh, ended up needing to sign Jay Cutler, and everybody's like, oh, Jay Cutler, Devontae Parker, best friends, and then they go out, and it was just a media dud. 
They pump up him every year. And it's every year. Always he's just, yeah, he's just he's looking good. great in the offseason. Nah. It's like, just, just admit you guys failed on this. <laughs> Move on. All right, guys. Game four. Philadelphia Eagles going into Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Vikings are three-point favorites at home. Over-under on this one, 44. Should be a good game. Uh, two NFC contenders. Adam, start us off. I think this will be a really good game. Um, you know, I, I look at this one. I think this game's going to be a low-scoring game right now. Lines at forty-four. I'm I'm going to pound the under on this one. I think both defenses match up really well against the opposing offenses. Um, they're going to both these teams are going to try to run the ball, but that's almost the big um, each other's biggest strength. So I think you're just going to see. And a lot of three and outs, uh, maybe a field position battle game. Um, I think it's going to be close. I think it's you know which quarterback makes the first mistake might might lose this game. So I, you know, Eagles three points. I, I think I'm going to have to take the points here. I think it's going to be really close. I could see the Vikings win, uh, but I, I don't know if they're going to cover the three. Yeah, I agree with um, pretty much everything you said there. Uh, you know, just two good teams, uh, very important game for both. You know, yeah, I think this is going to have uh, uh, some wild card implications for sure. Um, both these teams should be probably fighting for uh, similar playoff spots. So um, I know the Vikings are at home and, and they do have a good home field advantage, but you know, three points against with teams that are just this even and, you know, in a game that should be pretty defensive, just seems like a lot. And I do think that there's a pretty good chance the Eagles could come out here and win this game. Um, you know, you know, we know that they have the talent on the field to do it. Um, I think the key to the game is for them is, you know, just going to be, uh, you know, if they can establish the run that's, they've been very successful the last few weeks getting Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders going if they're able to do that against the Vikings, I know they have that tough run defense, but if they're able to get those guys going, um, you know, I think the Eagles are going to want win this game outright. But um, for me, it should be a close enough defensive game to begin with, so I'm going to take the Eagles uh, plus three. Yeah, I, I agree with what you guys are saying. Um, I think the yeah defensive battle, you know, the Eagles run defense could – probably do well to stop Dalvin Cook and force Kirk Cousins to throw who I mean Kirk Kirk did pretty well against the Giants last year or last year last week um so got to give them a little bit of credit there and um you know Vikings you know their their defense has been good I think they could slow down this Eagles offense but I am gonna go Eagles money line mainly because um you know I think it's gonna be a close game anyways and um Kirk Cousins, we kind of mentioned it the other week that he's five and thirty something against teams that are above five hundred. So hey, I'm gonna throw money line on those odds. Um, give me the Eagles. Yep, all three and Eagles. We're all on it, guys. Take it to the limit. <laughs> <laughs> Solid. <laughs> okay, uh, game five. Uh, just gotta take it easy over there. <laughs> How many Eagles puns do we have in us? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Um, <laughs> game five, we have the Texans and the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs are hosting them and are four and a half point favorites. 
uh, as the Chiefs are prone to do. They are involved in the highest over-under of the week at 54.5. Robbie, kick it off for us. Yeah, you're seeing a Texans team coming off a high-scoring game after they've been so low-scoring this year, and then alternatively, you're seeing the Chiefs coming off of a low-scoring game for them when they've been pretty high-scoring throughout the year. So this is um, going to be an interesting one. Um, honestly, I'm, I'm kind of seeing this as maybe going to be a shootout between these two teams. I think Chiefs are going to get back on track. I think Texans are going to keep going with what they have been. But um, right now I'm leaning Texans, but I could be convinced with the Chiefs on this one. I want to hear your guys' takes on this. You know what? I don't feel great about choosing this. I think four and a half is a really good line here. And I see the Chiefs winning, but I don't know if they're going to. more I'm looking at this, I think I'm going, I'm going leading Texans. Um, I think four and a half is a lot. I think this is going to be a one scoring game. And, you know, I think Deshaun Watson, he's going to do enough to get the cover here. Four and a half. Chief secondary can get exposed, and I think I think they do it, and hopefully they can get a little bit better pass rush this week. But uh, yeah, I think I'm leaning Texans. I am. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Chiefs here, guys. I just think um, you know the firepower uh, that Chiefs offense should be able to cover the four and a half here, uh, especially in Arrowhead. I know uh, they had a tough game against the Colts last week, but. Um, you know, I think the Chiefs come out motivated, uh, kind of in a bounce-back game here. I like them to come back strong here against the Texans team that, you know, while they did look good offensively last week against Atlanta, um, you know, we've all kind of come to terms with what Atlanta is at this point, except maybe I haven't. We'll get to that later. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the Chiefs here. I just think uh, they're the better team. I, I think, uh, you know, their passer should be able to get some pressure on uh, – on Deshaun Watson and, and disrupt a little bit, at least better than the uh, non-existent pass rush of the Falcons. So I'm gonna go Chiefs. Yeah, I was I, I was feeling the over before, but um, we're we're talking before we we started recording. Uh, Sidek and I and um, mentioned the Mahomes ankle injury and why maybe that was a pretty big factor on them not being as productive against the Colts and. If that's that's aggravated, I'm probably not going to take the over on that. That seems a little dicey, but that's... yeah, without knowing exactly Tyree Kill status too. Exactly, yeah. So this is a this is a tough one. I'm still still going Texans. Okay, guys. Uh, next game on the docket, we've got the New Orleans Saints heading into uh, Duval County. Take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars, this is uh, the line that surprised me the most of the week. Jaguars are actually one-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Um, guys, I am all in on the Saints here, money line. I expect the Saints to bring a lot of fans into this game. Um, you know, that just seems... That, that line, something just doesn't seem right there. I, I don't understand, you know, what I'm missing here that the Jags are... Jags are uh, one and a half point favorites, unless you know the rest of America is finally catching on to my uh, Gardner Minshew hype. Um, 
but uh, could be. I yeah, guess. I think you're right. This this seems like uh, this seems like a great opportunity to take uh, Saints as a road dog here. I just expect them. You know, this is definitely the more talented team on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, the the Saints have one of the best offensive lines in the league. I expect them to be able to run the ball uh, fairly well. Um, you know, one X factor here is that it looks like Jalen Ramsey might play this week uh, after missing the last couple of weeks with a back injury. So, um, you know, that'd be an interesting matchup if he shadowed Michael Thomas. Um, you know, two great talents there, but, you know, this uh this Jacksonville defense has not looked particularly great the last uh, few weeks, so I think the Saints should be able to move the ball well enough. Uh, I I really don't expect them to have much trouble uh, in this game. Interested to get your guys' thoughts though. No, I'm with you. This was the one line that just stood out to me. I couldn't believe that the Jaguars are favored in this game and. Yeah, I, this this one just instantly just Saints money line to me. Um, I, I think the Saints are the better team. Uh, Grant, even if they're on the road, I, I think they'd still be able to pull off the victory over the Jags. Um, I honestly I don't see how it's less likely for the Saints to win than lose. I think it should be more likely they win. I, they're the better team. They're this. You nailed it with how the Jags defense hasn't really been scary even. Even if Jalen Ramsey comes back, um, you know, you're going to probably get one more week of Teddy Bridgewater, and then you're going to see Drew Brees probably pop back. There was a video of him a little later last week of him throwing the ball. It looked pretty good, and um, I think Teddy's going to go all out, get this win. Yeah, I mean, Jags got worked by... Christian McCaffrey last week. Um, you know, some of those plays, he was untouched, I think, on his 86-yard touchdown. This defense is not what they were. Um, they haven't looked like it at all this year. Yeah, and I, I I, was shocked when I saw this line. I had to do the, the double take because uh, and then immediately just threw the money on the Saints, money line Saints. Yeah, I can't believe it. Um, I don't know what, yeah, like you said, I, mean, I don't know what, what I'm missing here. I, Teddy Bridgewater every single game. Um, his average depth of target has gone up significantly, and you've seen more and more success out of him. I don't see that changing this week. Um, love the Saints here. All right, guys, uh, let's go on to our next one here. We've got the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are two-point dogs at home. Not much of a surprise after that showing they put up in San Francisco. Uh, guys, I'm actually leaning Seahawks here. Um, despite the Browns being a home dog, you know, for my liking, I just think, yeah, this this is a Browns team that's pretty damn demoralized right now. Um, they were getting picked apart uh, on defense a bit, and uh, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, I I don't understand uh, what the issue is there, but uh, you know, they they can't protect Baker. Um, you know, maybe maybe uh, Kevin Zeitler getting rid of him wasn't a great idea. But, you know, we, we saw the 49ers absolutely shred this team on the ground last week. And, uh, you know, the Seahawks run the ball as good as anybody in the NFL. I think Chris Carson's going to have a big game here in this one. I think the Seahawks get up early, and they're able to uh, just kind of run the ball down the throats of uh, the Browns. Look for Jadavian Clowney to be getting after uh, Baker Mayfield all day. Give me the Seahawks in this one, guys. Yeah, I'm a little uncertain about this game. This is uh, 
This Browns team going against that Niners team just looked absolutely horrible. They couldn't get anything going. But I think this Seahawks secondary is a lot worse than this Niners secondary was. I think that Baker is going to have a little bit of a bounce back, um, but I'm not that confident in him. Um, was leaning maybe doing money line. Now I'm a little off more just taking the two points. Um, I, I could see the Browns keeping this a close one. I'm not so confident in them winning much. Um, I could see Chubb absolutely getting shut down by this uh, Seahawks front. And, yeah, I, I mean, you said I, I, I do think Chris Carson could absolutely have a pretty big game against this Browns team. Yeah. Uh, when I, I don't know. It's a tough one. I, I think when I look at this one, I think a little bit of recency bias. You know, the Seahawks probably should have lost last Thursday night. Um, end up getting a win against a good Rams team. And then the Browns is getting worked on Monday Night Football um, on the road. You know, I realistically, I think these are two even teams, just about even. Um, and then being at home, I I like the Browns here money line. And, uh, you know, if you don't like that, then I definitely like the plus two. I will say Russell Wilson has been looking really good this year. Yes. Will Disley too. Will Disley too. They've they've really found somebody in him. Um, just pretty much a no name tight end. And um, when they were showing the Thursday night, where what what was his path to being a tight end? He wasn't even like a, a defensive, he was a end, defensive college, end, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some mountaineer. Mountaineer. Oh, <laughs> But yeah, I I mean, this is a tough one. Yeah, now that uh, Russell Wilson's got a, a pretty clear number two guy to go to in that offense, um, you know he's able to kind of work between Lockett and Disley, and it's it's working right now. They're rolling. Um, that win against the uh, Rams, I mean, Adam said it. You know, got a little bit lucky that Zerline missed that kick, but um, you know there were lots of NFC West kickers missing. Uh, Last week, uh oh, Robbie, Robbie's I'm made switching. a transition. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm look, we're, we're we're going live. Uh, hold on, uh, going live to the scene of a transition here, Robbie. Man, I'm uh, no, don't don't stop talking. I'm just <laughs> I'm just switching the Seahawks. I, I I think they they could cover two points. Okay, all right, we got to flip. We got to flip. I like it. I like it. Okay, all right. Uh, next game, guys. We've got the Cincinnati Bengals uh, heading into Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Uh, do I do this? <laughs> the Ravens are eleven and a half point favorites, and uh, that's a big number. And I like the Bengals for some reason on my gut, and my gut's been wrong a lot about that this year. So we'll see how that goes. I don't know. I just that Ravens defense has been vulnerable lately, and uh, the Bengals do have uh. You know some weapons on the offensive side of the ball. I just think, I don't think they're going to win this game. But eleven and a half is a lot in the NFL. Uh, give me the Bengals. Man, I'm looking at this game, and this is just perfect setup for the Ravens, who like to run. And honestly, they do well running it. I hope they just at just force feed Mark Ingram like the whole game. And I think if they do that, they'll be able to run away with it. Um, this Bagels defense cannot stop anything on the ground, and they don't even need Lamar Jackson to throw the ball against them. Um, I, I think the Ravens' defense has shown that last game against uh, 
the Steelers, they had a couple turnovers in which I, I think that I don't think the Bengals are currently better than the Steelers offensively by any means. Um, not until AJ Green gets back. So I think this Ravens team can absolutely take over this weak Bengals defense. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Cincinnati defense, they've given up huge rushing days to both Josh Allen and Kyler Murray. Uh, neither of those guys are Lamar Jackson. I think, I think, like you said, Robbie, they just stick to the run here, pound it down the throat. And I, I don't see them having much problem doing that against the Bengals. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I just think uh, I think there's going to be... This could back- be a backdoor cover this, type This scenario. feels like a backdoor cover to I me. I could see that happening. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I could see the Ravens being up 17 late and Bengals just get some garbage time touchdown. But Andy Dalton's really good at that. Yeah. Like... You know, sound the alarms on me. I get it. Like, believe me, I, I, there's no bone in my body that believes the Bengals are a good team, but 11 and a half is a lot. Um, okay, guys. Very intriguing game, uh, and I mean this. Um, the San Francisco 49ers heading to L.A. to take on the Rams. Big divisional game. Rams are three and a half point favorites. The over-under is a pretty high 50 and a half in this game. Um, Adam, why don't you start it off? I think the Rams are motivated here after what they probably feel like they got jobbed last Thursday night. Seattle's a tough place to play, especially in prime time. This theme is a little bit better than their three and two record says. Um, they got talent at really every position. Um, 49ers, uh, it's a big game for them. Uh, I think if they come out here and win, they make a believer out of me. But for now, I'm going with the experienced. Uh, home team here, uh, three and a half points. Yeah, give me the give me the Rams. Yeah, I'm not so. I'm leaning the 49ers here. Uh, three and a half points. I th- I think this is going to be end up being a close game. The Niners are a team I kind of written off before the season, but their defense has been shown to be really good, and um, they they've been playing really well as a unit. And I I've been watching these Rams, and I I see a lot of golf going to Cooper Cup, but I mean. I've given him credit. Um, he gets open a lot. Cup is just awesome. But I think this Niners defense could find a way to stop them and um, just use their tandem of running backs to just run it down the Rams and at very least keep it a close game. I'm I'm give me the, I'm taking the points on the Niners. Yeah. Um, I I really like the Niners in this one, guys. I just think. Um... Yeah, that defensive unit is really playing well right now. Um, they're, it's a very interesting uh, like two-man game that they're playing with their D-line right now with uh, Bosa and D. Ford on the outside. Uh, the way they're uh, running stunts and, and being creative with their pass rushes is very creative. It had the Browns uh, in fits last week. They had no idea how to stop it. Um, I think you know we've seen Goff have some troubles uh in the when when the pass rush gets to him and and I mean that's what the 49ers have been able to do this year is really just uh, rush the quarterback with their base sets, you know if they can do that again in this game, I, I just think I think Goff's gonna be running for his life and uh, you know he's just he's not the same quarterback in the face of pressure he's not uh, extremely mobile so he's not able to have that uh, kind of elusiveness to get outside. Um, you know, I, I really think uh, the 49ers, 
uh, are just going to you know be able to kind of grind this one out. I, I like the under in this game, actually. Um, I think uh, the Niners are going to be able to run the ball pretty well. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it happens. But, you know, give me uh, give me Niners money line here on the road. I, I just think they're on a roll right now. And, uh, you know, they're making a believer out of me. All right, guys, uh, next game. Uh, we've got the Atlanta Falcons heading into Arizona in the big toaster to take on the Cardinals. The Cardinals are two-and-a-half-point dogs at home. Um, I'll start it off. I've got the Falcons here. I don't feel good about it. I'm not going to bet <laughs> it. I'm not going to bet it. But this might be, like, Dan Quinn. Like, his, he cannot lose this game. Like, he, he no. might get fired if they lose this game. Yep. I just I can't see it happening. Um, I think their backs are against the wall. This Falcons locker room. You know they're they're a couple seasons away, removed from uh, from a Super Bowl appearance. They got more pride than this. They're not just gonna roll over and die. I I can't see it. Yeah, I don't have enough confidence. I I'm, I'm staying away from this one. But if I had to pick, I just got a gut feeling that we're we're gonna finally see this Falcons team, you know, show some guts out there and and put together a solid sixty minutes of football on both sides of the ball. This is the time to do it against a pretty weak Cardinals team. Give me the Falcons. Yeah. As a man that really hasn't been a Falcons believer going into the year, I love the Falcons here. Um, You know, you mentioned if Tank Wynn loses this game, he's probably gone. Um, This this isn't as bad as the team as they've shown. They've been able to move the ball at will offensively sometimes, and, you know, this Cardinals team is not talented. And then, you know, you lose somebody like Christian Kirk. I know this Falcons D has been just god-awful. Can't tackle anybody, but I think they could you know, at least have a decent game against the Cardinals. They'll still allow probably 20, 24 points, but I I just see Matt Ryan getting getting enough done with, you know, Julio, Calvin Ridley, Austin Hooper. They, they got enough weapons on the offense there to get it done. I, I love the Falcons here. I mean, Christian Kirk returned to pra- practice today. I, I think there's a very good chance he plays, and I I really like I like the Cardinals money line here. Um, I think there's some great value there. This I'm, I'm seeing a Falcons team that's on the come down while the Cardinals are on the come up. They just I'll, I'll admit they kind of scrapped the Bengals. they scrapped out a Kyler. victory against the, the Bengals, but I I could see that as the confidence they needed. Now this rookie head coach, this rookie quarterback. Now they're they've got a win under the belt. That pressure's off. Now they could just go in, do their thing, be able to move the ball against this Falcons defense, which absolutely they can. They absolutely can move it. And I could see the Falcons moving in on them too. This over under fifty one. I think it's pretty fair. Um I think you might be seeing some mistakes out of the Falcons, and I think the Cardinals could pull it off at home. I think they could keep the streak alive. Yeah, I I think there's gonna be a lot of scoring in this game. Um, I think you can take the over. Oh yeah. Uh, I I feel good about that. I think somebody's somebody's putting up thirty, and the other team should get to twenty. So, uh, fifty one seems very doable. If if I'm gonna bet anything, it's it's the over in this one. But yeah, just you know, that locker room's gotta know that Dan Quinn's 
out the door if if they can't put together a win. They, I just you got to think they got if they've got any pride, uh, they're gonna put together a performance here to try and salvage this. But all right, anything to add there, guys? Okay. Next, we've got the uh, Dallas Cowboys heading to New York uh, to take on the Jets at MetLife. Uh, Jets are eight and a half point dogs at home, and what looks to be Sam Darnold's return to action here since the uh, kissing disease, uh, mononucleosis. So, welcome back, Sam. Um, guys, we're all in the Jets, um, which is which is interesting. Robbie, what's got you believing? Well, Sam Darnold coming back has got me believing. Um, I think Luke Falk, third string quarterback, he. He tried. He he really tried, but he, he couldn't get it done. Good effort, man. Good you know, effort. <laughs> give him a gold star for trying. You know, he did his best. Um, I I do think the Cowboys are going to come out winners of this game, but eight and a half points—that's a lot for a Jets team at home. Um, I think they're slowly as a unit too, just just as a whole team getting healthier too. They they've been riddled with a whole bunch of injuries, and I I think they. Darnold back in play, they're going to be able to get enough on this Cowboys team and stay within eight and a half. So I, I like the Jets here. Mosley, CJ Mosley, I do not think is uh, going to be playing. I, I think he was a not non-participant today, so I think it's unlikely he's going to play. Um, I think Jenkins might come back in the fold. Um, but yeah, this I, I like Jets plus eight and a half. This is a tough one because Cowboys are going to win this game. Um, eight and a half is a lot for a home team. I, I think I got to take the points here. I, it's a di- completely different offense with Sam Darnold. You're going to see they looked so bad. Adam Gase is better than that. They're going to come out with a little bit more firepower on offense. Um, maybe hit some down, downfield plays through Robbie Anderson, who's you know been irrelevant so far. And, you know, their defense is good enough to sort of hopefully contain the Cowboys' uh, offense. You know, sort of been struggling the last two weeks. Got off to a slow start. Had a lot of garbage time points last week against the Packers. But I think in the end, eight and a half is just too many points uh, for a home team here. I I think the Jets, Jets cover here. Eight, I like them eight and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I... Uh... I agree, guys. I don't want to just reiterate everything you said, but, um, you know, Sam Darnold coming back is going to be a big lift to this team. Um, they do have playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. As you said, Robbie Anderson, uh, you know, is a good deep threat. When somebody can get him the ball, he's a prolific player, so I look for him to bounce back in a big way. Uh, we can't forget, um, you know, they've still got Lev Bell, and when you have a competent quarterback under center, they can't just uh, stack eight in there against him. So, uh, you know, I expect him to bounce back here and uh, kind of return to form. You know, you've got Jamison Crowder underneath that can help uh, as a security plan- blanket for Darnold. Um, I, uh, I I still like the Cowboys to win this game, but it, as we said, guys, eight and a half is a lot of points uh, against the Jets at home. I, I just think they'll be able to stay in this game and, and keep it close. And I believe uh, Vander Esch has been sitting out this week with an illness okay. which i mean probably get over it by sunday lee. but yeah, they got sean lee we're gonna have a snake lee sighting. All right. we might have a snake lee wow 
All right, that's exciting. Good for him. He'll probably get hurt, but. <laughs> All right, uh, guys, let's uh, do our final 3 o'clock game here. We've got the Tennessee Titans heading into Mile High to take on the Denver Broncos. Broncos are two-point favorites, and their game is also sporting the lowest over-under total of the week at 39.5. Uh, Robbie, you've got a take on that. Yeah, I'd like, I'd like the t- Titans' money line here. I think they could get it done against this Broncos team. I I mean, Derrick Henry, I think, can run over this Broncos um, defense. Um, I mean, you didn't see a whole lot of it with the Chargers, but they kind of got out, kind of went into panic throwing mode too early, in my opinion. But I think the the Titans just lean on Henry in the run. They could be able to get out to the lead and hold it. And honestly, these are two tougher defenses and. 39 and a half is not a lot, but I like that. I like going under there. Titans, besides that opener against the Browns, they've had really low-scoring games. Um, I I really expect that to continue this week. Yeah, I, uh, I agree with you. I like the Titans in this one. I am not as confident to take a money line. You know, I, I think this will be a classic defensive battle. My concern with the Titans, though, um, is their passing game. And if, if they get down for any reason at all, they're going to have a hell of a time trying to battle back and come from behind. Uh, you know, Their key to winning this game is going to be able to get uh, Derrick Henry going early and often. If, uh, if you know, he's able to go out and do what Fournette did the last uh, a couple weeks ago, then you know they're going to be able to run away with this game and they should win outright. But... Um, you know, it, my concern is if they have to lean on the passing game. You know, if you watch the Titans' uh, passing game, everything is just the hair off. Um, and I, I can't explain it. I don't know if it's it's the playmakers. Like, I, I can't tell if if Corey Davis is, is like, good and, you know, Mariota's just not putting the ball where it needs to be or if, Corey Davis just like isn't making the play on the ball when like it's pretty much there. Like everything is just like it's right on the precipice of being like you know good or bad. I it's just off. Um, so ultimately, I'm going to lean Titans here. It should be a defensive game. If they can get the running game going, uh, they should look good. But I'm probably going to stay off this one. Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you guys said. I think they're going to lean on a run game here. Broncos have been a little bit vulnerable. Uh, you saw Fournette just tear him up. Um, and, you know, I I definitely like the under here. I think both defenses are going to, you know, limit the offense. I don't see either quarterback really having a good day. I, I think whoever's going to run the ball is going to win this game, and the Titans are a little bit better running running team than the Broncos are at this point. So, uh, yeah, give me, give me the Titans. Yep. All right, anything else to add there, guys? All right, uh, let's get into uh, Sunday Night Football here. A couple desperate teams facing off. Um, this matchup probably looked pretty good on paper uh, in week one. We had the Pittsburgh Steelers heading into Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. Chargers are six-and-a-half-point favorites at home. The over-under in this one, guys, is 41-and-a-half. Uh, Adam, why don't you start us off? Yeah, that forty-one and a half number is uh, it's interesting. I I don't see it being that low scoring. I think 
I, I think the Chargers sort of have a bounce back game offensively. You saw Melvin Gordon get in, integrated into the offense. Didn't really look all that well. Um, sort of got manhandled up front a little bit and sort of fought and had a negative game script and had to throw the ball a lot, a lot of short passes. But I, I think they bounce back here. The Steelers are, you know, they got a decent, decent uh, pass defense, but they're nothing, nothing too special up front where the Chargers can't, you know, stop Stefan to it and. I th- yeah, I just think uh, enough too many playmakers on the Chargers to uh, – yeah, I, I definitely like them here, six and a half, minus six and a half. I think they won by a touchdown at home. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree with you, Adam. I, I like the Chargers here. I think, um, you know, I think they should be able to put up enough points, uh, you know, by being able to run the ball here. We'll see. They, they, they do have some playmakers on the outside as well that they can work with. I I have concerns, um, you know, with with the Steelers and what that's going to look like now that they're down to a third string quarterback. Um, it's tough, but uh, I I agree. I I like the over here. I just I see the Chargers being able to put up enough points, and the Steelers should should find their way to fourteen. And I think if they can do that, this game should get to forty two overall. But um, yeah, I I do like uh, the Chargers to cover here. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what to think about this one. I'm leaning the Steelers right now. That seems like a lot of points, and I'm not completely counting out Mason Rudolph. Um, he returned to practice today, um, with the, but I'm not so sure if he's gonna play. He might. I just don't see. I mean, I said this about Josh Allen too, but like that guy couldn't walk. Yeah, that was a tough hit, but. If you're medic, medically cleared, you're medically cleared. Yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't take that cleared. risk if I were the Steelers, but no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna flop. I'm flop. I'm flopping. No, I'm flopping. Chargers. Sell, sell, sell. We're going Chargers here. I mean, yeah, you, you guys pretty much nailed what a lot of what I was thinking. You know, I, I, I do think this over forty-one and a half. It might be a little too low. Um, just um, maybe a little recency bias of. Um, Chargers just getting you know, destroyed by Broncos, but uh, that's that's a divisional game. Crazy things happen sometimes in those. Um, I think the run game is going to get a bounce back here, um, and yeah, I, th- I I think they could take control and win by a touchdown. But it, it it's a it's a tightrope one for me. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, final game we have uh, Detroit Lions heading in. To uh, Green Bay to take on the Packers. Packers are four point favorites. Over and under in this one is forty six and a half. Um, I you know this is a big time division game. Both these teams have looked good. Lions are coming off a bye, um, so you know they've they've had some time to prepare for this one. This is they. I mean they've had to have had this one circled. This is a huge game for them. Um, you know they they put up a good performance on the pack on the road last year. I know it was without Aaron Rodgers, but um, the way they've been playing and the way that Matt Patricia uh, defense in particular has looked, I just think this game is going to be close. Um, I'm not necessarily sold that the Lions are going to win, but I I do think it'll be a close game. Um, relatively defensive to wouldn't surprise me if the ender hit i'm, I'm gonna lean lions here guys probably a game i'm staying away from but 
I just I just think the they'll be able to stay close enough, and if they need to, they can always lean on Matt Stafford, uh, you know, to bring them back late. Yeah, I think if anybody wins this Monday night, it's us, the viewers. <laughs> Ever since Week One's Monday night game, or it was fantastic. Uh, the um, Saints versus the Texans. We've had Browns, Jets, complete blowout. Yep. Bears, Redskins, blowout. Bengals Steelers that was awful that to watch. Was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 49ers Browns. And uh you know Packers Lions these are two teams that are above 500 in their division. Uh, in a in a division where every team is above 500 this is a huge game. Um so I'm probably looking forward to this one the most. Uh as a fan of the NFL um I I think I like the Packers here minus 4. Lions have looked very impressive. Um been able to at times run the ball um, struggle a couple of games, but Matthew Stafford's looked really good, and him and Kenny Galladay got a good, uh, really good connection outside. Uh, hopefully, they can get T.J. Hawkinson back this week from the concussion, and got a, got a lot of playmakers there. Um, but I think sort of had the same feeling as last week. Uh, Prime time, Aaron Rodgers gets the job done at home. Robbie, yeah, I'm. This is another game, just not really. That sure about um, at least uh, the line um, Packers minus four. I think that's a pretty good line, um, but I, I'm I'm gonna take the Packers here at home. Um, I do think that Matt Patricia um, he's gonna be able to limit this Packers offense a little bit, and I'll, on the other side of the ball, I think Matt Stafford's gonna be having a tough time throwing it, and so I'm liking this under forty six and a half here, um, but. Um, yeah, this, this might be an exciting one that goes down the wire. Um, but Packers, that's, that's, that's what I'm leaning. Guys, I have a question. Can I flop on my Giants pick? All the way back Thursday night. We're on Monday night right now. I know. I did not realize Evan Ingram was out. I was traveling. (laughs) You're traveling when we were talking about this I, I, I 40 was, minutes I, I, ago. I was, I was a traveler. Traveling back in time to change it from Giants to, to Patriots. I, right? do, I do not want the Giants. <laughs> Am I allowed? That's yes. fine. Yes. Okay. Hey, you got it on the air now. Right. You snuck it in. Yeah, I want to sneak it in. Just just at the sneak finish score. line. All right. Uh, <laughs> that was a late addition, but yeah. yeah, nah, I, I feel good about the Patriots there. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys, um, so why don't we uh, do our uh, podcast parlay now, uh, what we have kind of all are agreeing on. So it looks like um, the big one here is going to be Saints money line, and uh, that, that was pretty unanimous. We're all pretty good on that. Next one that I think we were all pretty good on was the Eagles-Vikings, actually, the under at 44. That was looking yep. good. And then... Um, the Charger Steelers, uh, we're thinking over 41 on that game. We're actually mixing it up this week and doing some over-unders instead of yeah. just all teams. Yeah. I, maybe that's what we need to mix it the up last, to yeah. get it going. Last yeah. week, uh, you know, we got killed on the Rams Thursday night game. That was a terrible beat. Ended up even because the other two hit, but uh, yeah, terrible beat last Thursday night yeah, for us. That would have been a big winner for us, but still even. Nope. Still uh, 140 on the year. Yep, just Greg the leg. Just, oh, come on. <laughs> Money line, too. We had better odds. All right. It's time for everybody's favorite segment, though. 
Don't tell me you guys have never gotten the lead out. All right, it is the lead pipe locks. Uh, we'll start with Adam. Oh, man, I'm hot. <laughs> we all are, man. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, last week um, I th- I, on the podcast, I gave out Chiefs minus three and a, or minus seven, minus 11. But uh, on the show doc, we had uh, <laughs> I had Ravens minus three and a half. Um, so it was 0 for 2 there. And on the year that 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 adds up to 0 for six, so we're 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 trying to change it around here. Um, I actually feel really good about this one. It is Thursday night, and uh, I I think the Patriots are just too well coached of a team. It's too good of a team. Giants have a lot of people out. Um, I think Tom Brady just you know has his way with the secondary, and I, they win big here. This this should not be under 21. Um, for me, guys, I am all in on the Saints. We've kind of talked about this, how we just think that that line uh, is is a bit egregious and seems a little fishy. I'm, I'm going to take them, uh, I think, lock up the uh, plus one and a half. I'm not going to get burned like we did last week on the Rams on that one point. You know, we're going to keep the one and a half there uh, just in <laughs> case, you know, just for the safety valve. But, yeah, I like the Saints this week. I think they should be able to uh, – win that game in Jacksonville. They're the more talented team. I think they established the run early. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, I, I like Teddy Bridge to, you know, keep things rolling down there for uh, New Orleans. Yeah, mine is um, against the other two of you. It's his Panthers minus two. I think that Thursday night advantage is going to be, I mean, it's going to be a little bit of an edge for them. And um, just – if you guys don't believe it, I mean, going back to 2012 when a team arrived on a Thursday before, and the other team arrived on th- Sun or Friday, you got Seahawks arrived on Thursday playing against the Raiders, destroyed them 27 to three. Vikings 2017 arrived the day before the Browns, destroyed them 33 to 16. Cardinals arrived the day early before the. The new uh, Sean McVay offense and got slaughtered zero to thirty-three, um, but the Saints um, day before Miami and just shut Miami out twenty to nothing. I don't know if that helps convince you much. Um, I know the teams that lost were probably the worst teams in that scenario, but I I'm really do believe that that's going to give the next the jet lag's going to favor the Panthers. Jameis is one of those guys where you, you never know what kind of help, what gives him help. And uh, maybe, maybe get a, you know, a little over the seas, Jameis you know, tearing it up. I don't know if the fish is going to do it for him. You know, no, they're not quite the same as crab legs. Well, uh, thank you, Robbie, for that lock. And uh, thank you to our, uh, you know, uh, source at British Airways for providing that travel data uh, all the way back those few years. That's uh, that's great stuff. So, Thank you for that. All right, um, let's uh, let's uh, get into our uh, our wrap it up here. Um, no power parlay this week, right, Adam? Taking a week off. We're gonna take a bye. Bye week. Bye week. There's you a bye week. Every every team gets a bye. All right, I all get right. a bye. Right. Adam's gonna take a bye. So why don't we uh, why don't we do something a little bit different here in place of that we're gonna do the Tim Tebow teaser of the week. Um, <laughs> So, <laughs> what's he teaser? The, the, the Tim Tebow teaser. Uh, we're gonna have you take three uh, teams, and we're gonna give uh, an extra seven points on each spread, and uh, you know, 
should uh, should come out to about uh, you know an even one to one payout. So we're gonna do Patriots minus twenty three and a half. We're gonna do uh, Bucks plus nine, and uh, we're gonna do Titans plus nine as well. That's what we're feeling this week. So the Tim Tebow teasers out there. Yeah, everybody get your bets in, so hopefully that pays out. Um, what was the Patriots one? Patriots is minus, tw- or, or no, sorry, I had that wrong. Patriots is going to be minus nine and a half. Okay, yeah. I, I was going to say 23 and a half. Uh, that sounds uh, like you're getting a little hose there. That's an alternate there. line, yeah, no, no, <laughs> minus nine and a half. So, all right, uh, so yeah, get your bets in. Um, the Tim like Tebow that. teasers is out there, so yeah. All right, guys, anything else to add there? Are we uh, ready to wrap this up? Let's turn around this week, guys. Yeah. Hey. Started off with the locks. Started off with some Thursday night football. We're all oh, the yeah. Patriots, Patriots now after Let's a late <laughs> adjustment there. So, <laughs> uh, thank you guys for being lenient. And uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter. And, uh, you know, we'll be back at you next week. <laughs>